0: Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience for some reason. Today I'll be looking at episode 1870 with Max Lugavere. I think that's how you say his last name anyway. I listened to this episode in its entirety and I should be applauded for that. I bet none of you did. It was very boring. This guy just came on and You know, he went on and on about salad dressing and oils and whatever for over three hours. And I couldn't even listen to it on 1.2 or 1.5 times speed like I usually do because he talked so fast. At those speeds, he became incomprehensible. I expect a thank you email from all of you for listening to this guy and making this episode. If I do not receive a thank you email from you, you will no longer be allowed to listen to this podcast. Anyway, one thing Max says that is not real is that the gene APOE4 is a sign of a Western lifestyle, whatever that means. This gene is relevant to his interests because it's a risk factor for Alzheimer's, which is the biggest thing that he talks about in this episode. But it turns out that Nigerian people actually have the highest observed frequency of this gene. So no, bread or Pop-Tarts or whatever are not scrambling your DNA. Western activities like watching football and voting in elections will not give you this gene. Max says that if he had Alzheimer's, he would not take any medication and he would instead do keto. This is the ultimate way to deal with Alzheimer's, according to him. And this is what his upcoming documentary is about. That's sort of what he was coming on to promote. Although, oddly enough, it does not have a release date. Um, it does not have any sort of, like, platform that's coming out on or anything like that. It seems to be in limbo, um, but that's, it also seems to be the main thing he was coming on to promote because um, he, he barely mentions his own podcast that he runs, where he has on various health people. Now, there have been some studies on keto and Alzheimer's that are kind of sort of promising. There are also studies about how the Mediterranean diet, which isn't keto, could also be good for Alzheimer's. If you don't do keto right, you can also get ketoacidosis, and it's something you should take into account Granted, he said this is what he would do if he himself got Alzheimer's, and I'm sure that his like food autism would guarantee that he would be able to do keto perfectly, but it's still worth keeping this in mind. The main thing I realized from looking things up for this episode is that nobody really knows how to treat Alzheimer's, and nobody even knows what causes Alzheimer's. This is the medical reality. Max Lugavir also doesn't know either of these things, and he's just speculating based on a few studies he looked up on PubMed.gov one time. It is around this part in the episode that Rogan completely derails Max's pre-planned spiel for about 20 minutes by refusing to shut up about his chickens. Max sits there and says, oh yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Clearly too scared to try and steer the conversation away from chickens and back to Alzheimer's, while Rogan continues to discuss uh, chickens he used to own. This is something I like and respect about Rogan, especially when the guest is talking about something boring. I mean, this episode was a real snoozer. It should have been derailed harder and sooner. People who complain about his ability to derail entire episodes with nonsense are failing to grasp what the Joe Rogan experience really is, in my opinion. Eventually, however, they get back onto a more Max type of topic. Max says that he is against counting calories and the idea of eating less and moving more. Instead, if you want to lose weight, you should just focus on eating protein, because it is more satiating. I strongly disagree with this and was surprised to hear him say this, especially since at various points he talks about how bad it is that a lot of people are obese. A lot of you listening to this need to pay attention to this part. On my podcast hosting website, I can see different statistics. I can see where people are from, what devices people are listening on, you know, if it's a phone or a computer. And I can also look at weight statistics for my listeners. It gives me a breakdown of how much people weigh who listen to this podcast I know how much all of you weigh, and some of you need to hear this. I'll just say that. Doing what Max says and focusing on protein or focusing on some other thing is all an illusion. It might help you. It might not. But the cold, hard reality is that if you don't burn more calories than you eat, you won't lose weight. People who lose weight without counting calories burned more calories than they ate, they just did so unknowingly. There is no reason to do this. There is no reason not to count calories. If you keep track, it will remove the guesswork and show you exactly how much you ate and how much you should eat instead. There was an episode of Freakonomics, which is something I say a lot in real life and on this podcast. And this guy came on and he was talking about the financial advice industry. I can't I cannot remember his name That's not the point here. He was probably obese. Basically, what he said was that the whole financial advice industry is just people trying to make money because in reality, all the financial advice you need could fit on a note card. I think the same could be said for the weight loss industry. It is a huge industry, but everything you need to know could fit on a note card. Eat fewer calories. If you don't keep track, it is harder to do this because you don't know how many calories you're eating. Most people have no idea how many calories they eat in a given day. You don't need to go on Max Lugavere's website and buy a sauna to install in your house. You just need to get a free app and start keeping track of how many calories you eat. I'm an expert in these matters because I've seen every single episode of my 600-pound life. Another thing Max doesn't like is fluoride, (laughs) which he says he avoids at all times by not drinking tap water and using special toothpaste. He also says that he does not know why fluoride isn't drinking water. Rogan also did not know why fluoride isn't drinking water. This, to me, shows that Max actually has no idea what he's talking about at all. He has no idea what's going on here, and he admits this. If he had ever taken literally 10 seconds to look into this, he would know why there's fluoride in drinking water. This man never drinks tap water. He buys special toothpaste, and yet he does not even know why water is fluoridated. He never bothered to look into it. This tells me that he does not have some sort of medical objection to fluoride. He's just kind of a schizo, and he thinks it's bad for some unknown reason. The real reason there's fluoride in the water is because the federal government is trying to make you gay. They are going to have gay sex with you once you become gay due to water fluoridation. No, the real reason is because it prevents tooth decay in children. That's it. That is why there's fluoride in tap water. But not all tap water, actually. About a third of the U.S. population gets non-fluoridated tap water. So if it's doing something nefarious, you would easily be able to tell because you could just compare places with fluoride to places without fluoride. It would quickly become obvious if fluoride had some sort of negative health effect. There's whole countries that don't have fluoridated water next door to ones that do. You could just compare them and see what was going on. Uh, Nothing like this is brought up uh, because Max doesn't even know what fluoride does. He probably doesn't even know what it is. Fluoride can just naturally be in water, out in nature. It is not a mystery chemical that the CIA invented. In fact, this can actually be bad, um, and sometimes in third world countries, people will accidentally drink water that naturally has super high levels of fluoride, which can actually kill you. And in some areas like that, they have to defluoridate water. The real but much more boring controversy relating to fluoride is whether or not it's even worth it. Doing this to tap water costs money, and some people think there's really no point. The vast majority of people already use fluoridated toothpaste, and the anti-cavity powers of fluoride water might not really be worth the cost. Personally, I think there's probably some truth to this, and it might just be a waste of money. There's also the issue of the government basically just giving everyone this without asking, and without a lot of people even knowing. As you can imagine, some people have a problem with this on philosophical grounds, even if they don't think fluoride is bad per se. Almost nobody in real life cares about this issue, but sometimes there's random referendums uh, where groups of schizos appear and they try to get fluoride out of the drinking water, and they have battles with doctors at, like local political levels. Beyond that, this isn't really the most hip conspiracy anymore. The heyday of caring about fluoride It was actually during the Red Scare, when some people said it was a communist plot. Max is also against mouthwash, which he says will help you get diabetes. Uh, What he's referencing here is a Puerto Rican study where they showed that people who used mouthwash twice a day were 50% more likely to get diabetes. However, the people in the study were initially recruited as part of a research project on fat people, and the majority of them were already obese when the study started. The majority of them also already had pre-diabetes, so there's probably nothing to worry about when it comes to mouthwash. I feel like this is something they should have realized sooner might be an issue with their study. They never stopped and said, huh, you know, everyone in our diabetes studies looking a little large, and also they already pretty much have diabetes. Max Lugavir is an interesting case. He seems to be right on the edge of alternative medicine and quackery. He has a lot of quacks on his own podcast who come on and talk about, you know, curing cancer and cavities in your own home instead of going to a doctor. But he doesn't really say anything that crazy himself. He refers to some people who disagree with him as, quote, the evidence-based crowd, and says that his own methods are, quote, evidence-based but not evidence-bound. What does that mean? He's talking about like salad dressing and food. He's talking about food. <laughs> it's not some sort of abstract philosophical question. If you went to a doctor and they said, hey, come into my office. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how doctor's appointments go, but you get what I'm saying. If you went to a doctor and they said, I'm evidence-based, but not evidence-bound, how would you even react to that? I mean, what does it even mean to say that you're not evidence-bound when it comes to things like medical advice? <laughs> what else is there to go off of in, the, in, in this area? Like most Jerry guests, he has a victim complex and believes that he is being targeted by a vast conspiracy that is trying to silence him. However, unlike most JRE guests, there is at least some level of truth to this. There basically was a conspiracy involved in the FDA approving the current biggest Alzheimer's medication, aducanumab. And he's right when he says that it basically does nothing despite getting approved. However, his ideas about diet and Alzheimer's are not obscure or repressed. When I was doing research for this episode, I was surprised to find that you can easily look up tons of articles about Alzheimer's prevention diets on mainstream websites. He talked about it for three hours as if it was this secret thing that the establishment was out to destroy, but it's actually just a normal thing that's being actively researched by real doctors across the world. I understand that he's trying to promote a documentary in a business, so he wants to hype everything up. Being an edgy outsider or whatever is more interesting than just being some guy talking about something that's not even outside the mainstream. But I think this sort of marketing that he's doing here is ultimately bad because it's just sort of dishonest. The alternative medicine industry runs off of paranoia, desperation, and fraud, basically. He's not quite there yet, but he is very close, and I expect him to return as a guest in a few years, pitching a new Onnit-esque brain-boosting pill. I'm actually developing my own right now as well, except it's actually going to be good and it's actually going to work, and you're going to buy it. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Patreon for early access to the brain pills, as well as my dietary advice newsletter. I will see you next episode.